I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm in Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. Oh, no hot take this time. Uh, and I direct to the fifth. <laughs> I like the fifth of hip hop, which is knowledge. Top of the world, best of the best. King California, LAX, out the hood in the penthouse from the projects. Two men, one podcast. Other world was one. Stingy digits. get is why people criticize like Ja Rule for sounding like DMX as if like raspy voices and gruff voices didn't exist pre-DMX I mean I know DMX was like early 90s yeah, but like what? everyone's jacking from Louis Armstrong bro let's be real uh, yeah there you go <laughs> got it nailed it <laughs> everyone just everyone just heard what a wonderful world and just like oh I want that and then everyone just started smoking, so they get uh, so they get the grizzly voice going. I tell you, who doesn't have an underrated discography is Nas. Don't reply. Oh my gosh! That's <laughs> for a lighter note. Hi Ben, how's your week been? What have you been listening to this week? Uh this week I had a good week. I had a very good week. I had a great weekend. Um, this yeah. week I got into some albums. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them ratings. I don't know, I, I I dropped that off for a while. I'm gonna bring it back. I don't know why. Maybe it's gonna help me go more viral. I'm trying to get more followers on uh, on YouTube. So you know, give really everything good. a seven. Well, there's a couple of sevens in here. First first up is Colors by YoungBoy, and give it a seven out of ten. Um, I find YoungBoy's current career tra- trajectory fascinating because. I think he really epitomizes the generation that Lil B and Gucci Mane began and future popularized. And these are artists who settle into a distinct sound. And within that atmosphere, they just release so much music. It would make an old head spin off its axis. Like I came out with a stat in 2020 that said Youngboy had actually released more minutes of music in one year, which was 2020, than Earl had in his whole career. That's insane, man. Like 27 projects since 2015. Uh, it's not like he's releasing them to deaf ears because Sincerely Kentrell went number one in October last year and he actually drew level with Taylor Swift. They were the only two artists with four number one albums on the Billboard 200 since 2019. Youngboy and Taylor Swift. And remember, Taylor Swift was re-releasing older music. I know she was re-recording it. But they weren't like, you know, uh, I think Evermore and uh, Folklore were the two albums that were original music. And then a couple of them were re-released albums or re-recorded. So I've repeatedly praised Youngboy's music on this podcast. I have no intention of falling back from that position. It's not particularly exciting or new or different. And I would imagine if all you're listening to is trap music right now, you'd be about as excited about a new Youngboy project as you are going to the dentist. It's not super exciting. It's not super different. But I don't just listen to trap music. I'm always listening to all different types of music. So I'm very enthused to dive back into the the dark and twisted emotional landscape that he continues to fine tune because at this point, he's merely tweaking and updating. He isn't re-engineering or charting new territory. Don't expect anything different, but also don't expect any dip in quality because despite his chaotic personal life and his legal troubles, he still manages to practice high levels of quality control. And I really enjoyed this album. It's very emotional. It's very affecting. There's some very intense songs on here. 
Uh, it's quite long, maybe a touch too long, but I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Chain Noir, Food for Thought, I gave that an 8 out of 10. Chain Noir is only 27 years old, and she's sliding right into the prime of her career as a genuinely devastating MC. Her pen is as lyrically sharp as anyone you put on a track with at this point. She only has four projects under her belt prior to this, and it's certainly the case of quality over quantity. And thus far, I think she's advanced her game on every release. I feel like this was a slight regression. I know I gave an 8 out of 10, but I'll explain that. I don't feel it's her fault that this is a regression. Her previous record is As God Intended with Apollo Brown behind the boards on every single song. Black Thought was featured, Sky Zoo. The attention to detail to everything outside the straight MCing on that was incredible. It was really, really solid. And I expect nothing less from Apollo Brown. And Juno came before that. 38 Special was on production. And I will stand by my statement that he's a top three most underrated producer in the game right now. I really do think 38 Special is putting out some incredible beats. And the sonic palette on Juno was brilliant. Uh, After 12 came prior to that, and that was produced by Chain Noir herself. And she produced Eat or Starve on this tape, which I would argue is the best beat on the tape. Um, she also produced Ladies Brunch, which was a bit of a simple loop. I don't think it did them justice. And it was better than Praises and Table for Three, which I felt were quite sleepy, generic beats. They really would have benefited from another couple of days of work. And I think this is the tragedy of the record because I think Chenua's openness and mean streak pair beautifully with her ability to relay a story and evoke emotion and i get the impression i'm just sitting at a table in the kitchen and listening to her poetically describe her states of mind while she stirs risotto or something like she's just there cooking and talking to me it's so vivid the images that she paints are so vibrant on gold cutlery she raps i can't forget what i've seen because every time i blink my mind takes a picture And the whole song, that song is this push and pull between wanting to move forward, but wanting to extract revenge from everyone who mistreated and wronged her. And the very next song, she raps, squeeze and blast and make them bleed a bucket, then I bleach you after because I got OCD. Um, There's another line on, I think it's that song, she says, my head was overflowing with thoughts, sometimes it dripped when I slept. Like It's just this very, very vivid images she paint. And um, there's few pens as lethal as Chain Noir's right now. And, um, you know, I think this, this isn't my favorite from her. And I think this is the curse of the underground artist. Chain Noir produces a lot of her own work because why wouldn't she? You know, why not be a self-sufficient MC in today's day and age? When major label artists are ceding way too much control over their brand and image to whomever pays their bills, underground artists like 38 Spash, Chain Noir, JPEG Mafia, they're doing literally everything themselves to cut down on their overheads, the same way Too Short and MC Hammer used to do back in the 80s. I love that rawness, even if it is a little bit jarring up next to perfectly curated and edited sounds of the, the mainstream. So I think it's a good project, but it might it might seem like a bit of a sonic regression. Uh, Rich Brian Brightside EP gave a 7 out of 10. All I could think about listening to this EP was our review of Cordae last week. And the criticisms I've tried to smooth over on Twitter that Corday is boring. So, like, you know, what would what would make you clamor for the Corday album or the Corday feature? And I asked last week on the pod 
why would you buy, for example, a You Got album in the mid-2000s over a Lloyd Banks record or an AZ record? And I do wonder if Corday existed in the early 2000s when artists were fighting for your $17 that you could have spent on another artist if he would have been stuck on the shelf. And Rich Brian would absolutely not, man, not at all. And it's, it's by design. Like, that stick went super viral, 195 million YouTube views. But his ability to hone in on internet culture in 2016 and deploy his entire six years of experience enmeshed in social media to create something truly meme-worthy was all over that song, all over that video. It's unsurprising that his true introduction to hip-hop was Thrift Shop because when you watch that stick, you can see the influence of Macklemore's aesthetic and Rich Brian evidently saw it as ripe for parody and he was parodying it. And this history, of course, flipped when he transitioned to his current uh, artist name and he dropped The Sailor, which is a stunning conceptual piece of music. He introduced a brand new mature persona focused on musicianship and artistry like you wouldn't have expected that from Rich Brian, but it came. And we get Brightside EP, which is stacked with the exact quality I think people say Corday lacks. You can't turn away. Just as we haven't been able to turn away since he began his career. And the offhanded nonchalance of his dark and at times genuinely disrespectful content is presented next to this weird earnestness. Like his debut album on Amen, uh, he used that song uh, Kitty. Like he hit us with this big reveal at the end of Kitty. The whole thing, he's like dragging us down this path. And then it's just, it's weird, man. It, it really floors me when I listen to, to Rich Brian's music. He's just evocative, he's, he's effervescent. And uh, on this EP is triple timing. Uh, he says that he uses religion to, to court his wealth, talks about mental health struggles. He compares shaved vaginas to Joe Rogan's head. He claimed that he bedded Mila Kunis. He asks what the meaning of life is, sometimes all in the same fucking song, man. And you're going to want to tune in to Rich Brian. He's very, very exciting. And finally, Mark Homie, Dollar Menu. This is Mark Homie back in pre like premier peak form. And uh, I'm not even going to say too much about it, man. Just, that's going to spark you enough to go. It's only six tracks, I think, seven tracks. It's absolute fucking fire, man. Just a lyrical dissection. So, yeah, go listen to that and thank me later. That was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Alrighty, yes. I had a solid week. Um, it's probably my... Yeah, it's just probably my favorite week so far, um, which is good. Uh, third third week of doing this. So, uh, yeah, 2022 is, you know, ramping up a little bit. It's getting there. <clears throat> uh, so, start off with that Rich Brian, Brightside EP. Um, uh, I came into this on the back of that 1999 project that he did. And I was kind of, like, uh, underwhelmed by it, I remember. Um, after, obviously, The Sailor, which was, like so close to being on my like uh, album list that year Damn, it's um, insane so yeah good. it was so so good i gosh. still remember kids and like uh what's that other one slow down turbos so much heat on there i won't go back and listen that? to that man holy <laughs> shit this is, i think yellow was on that too like what a yeah yellow fucking... yellow yeah that was wow. good as well special um, album yeah there was some heat on there yeah. um so yeah, you know, this is obviously EPs, four tracks, um, you know, it's not, you know, it's a little care package, but yes, yeah, right back to form, right back to form for me, absolutely love this, especially the first two tracks where, like, they have this, Jesus Christ, the fucking, oh, uh, the beat switches, oh, 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 filth, filth, filthy beat switches, um, yeah, so that, that's, that was, those, those were personal highlights for me, and those, those beat switches on those uh, first two tracks were just Oh god, and they just like just dug into it, it just went in. Oh god, filth. Uh Hitmaker dot Ian Kelly, friend of five Ian Kelly, uh, long way home. 
So I think I feel I think I have a I have a hunch. I have a hunch that Ian Kelly's trying to uh, get in the triple crown conversation this year. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Hitmaker Dot, a producer, obviously Ian Kelly, uh, Oakland-based uh, rapper. Got Jane Hancock and Dame Drummer on the features as well. Um, I obviously Dead Presidents is a big highlight. Um, obviously using the iconic Lonnie Liston Smith uh, uh, sample that was obviously used most notably in Dead Presidents. Um, and yeah, that, that's a that's a heave for me. I love the I love the I love the way that particular sample from Hitmaker Dot kind of like really stays with the sample and doesn't go too much into like changing it um and ian k just goes off on that one uh i love i'm coming lyrically <clears throat> and obviously and long way home actually long way from home the title track on it um just some great stuff all around solid uh, four track ep uh Z- zara mcfarlane uh disintegrated uh disintegrated <clears throat> another ep uh four tracks i think uh eight minutes not not too long um but yeah if you if you haven't listened to zara mcfarlane before amazing vocalist um over some like uh six tracks eight minutes um so they're very short uh very just like uh i mean i mean there's one track called emotif um so you know i i feel like they're motifs if anything and just things that um it actually kind of blends into like one track for me it was, it was very fascinating the listening experience um but yeah amazing vocalist um usually over like a floaty watery jazz production um uh, very traditional jazz production um and this is kind of more of the same it's a bit more abyss like so it's a bit more darker um as the artwork would uh, tell you and uh yeah but Zara McFarlane just like floats like vocally she's uh, her vocals are just so clean so crispy uh, second generation Wu, Legend of Shaolin. I kind of felt obliged to listen to this since we've been talking about since we've been doing the book of Wu. Um, it's it's cool. I think my only problem at this point is that I can't distinguish who, uh, who's who. Um, funny enough, I mentioned uh, mentioned off wax. I'm, I told Ben I'm going to listen to this. And he listened to the track list. He was like, "What the fuck is rampant raw doggery?" Funny enough, Ben, that was the worst track on here. <laughs> mm, I would, I would have uh, imagined it would have been. Just, <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. But, but luckily, it was very short. It was mercifully short. But um, even with that said, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, no, can't do it." Um, but yeah, um, apart from that, it's 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 fine. Um, you know, they're kind of. It's very obvious they try and like have the have their cake and eat it too. Where they're having like you know, starting off with the you know kind of Wu Tang ish kind of intro, right? It's got the samples, Wu Tang style versus Shaolin style, like it's doing that kind of stuff, and then they're trying to become, they're trying to have like the modern sound as well. So they're trying to like bridge both, and I'm not sure if they quite have it yet off these two albums right now. Um, Hereditary being the last one, um, so but you know they're they're getting there, they're getting they're getting on that front, but you know. It's, Again, I think my main issue is that if if you don't tell me who's who, I kind of just it kind of all just blends together lyrically and uh, and uh, vocally for me. Uh, SB off license. Uh, shout out to shot of Shakur. Uh, a shot of sheriff. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. Shakur is not alive. Um, <laughs> it's after sheriff um, for putting me onto this one. Uh, kind of just tripped up to tripped up on uh, SB on a whim, and boy fuck me man like this is a gem 727 monthly listeners 
This woman has some fucking bars, bro. Like absolutely crazy. That's so up, this man. is six songs. That's up by three hundred si- listeners though. So shout out to that's fucking good. There man. you go. There you already, go. So already. Glad you glad you had the previous. <laughs> glad you had the before numbers mm. there. Um so yeah, six songs, just under seventeen minutes. Like the beats kind of like remind me of something like Jay Huss would be on. Um, but the lyrics are just so uniquely SB, man. She just comes through with like some really just raw lyricism, uh, raw storytelling. You 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 know a lot about her in these six tracks. You get to know a lot about her in these six tracks. Very open. Um, and yeah, man, I just can't recommend this enough. This is definitely, uh, out of all the EP so far, definitely a contender right now. Already banking it on the long list, definitely absolute heater um she comes jesus christ i did not expect to hear something of this level uh at the start of the year uh from somebody i've never heard of yet until now so definitely a, a new fan right here <coughs> sb remember the name uh poldor uh soft focus i love me some poldor one of my favorite instrumentalists uh, favorite producers in the game um originally you know i can't, i got him like you know through chill hop uh kind of vibes but he's 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 not just that he's not just hitting with hitting you with chill hop uh, uh kind of vibes he got his he has this electronic elements all throughout uh live instrumentation he has like trumpets going on now and again absolutely amazing just uh production work and yes yeah, this is 40 minutes 10 songs and it's just 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 sit back and relax to that one man just sit back and relax it's just got great energy to it um i love the electronic elements along with like the jazz elements and you've got these hip-hop beats going on as well it's just an absolutely wonderful just mix and uh yeah it's just some great stuff uh, all over that project and uh lastly chain noir food for thought um yeah i feel like uh, i feel like her performance is probably the best she's done so far i feel when like she's coming through with like new inflections um just just small things like that i really like how she was coming through just performance wise it was like you know really like it's like she was talking straight in your face and like just you know how like people uh you know point their finger when they're talking to you like when they're just trying to be and like you 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 motherfucker right here this motherfucker right here just pointing pointing at your face i kind of got that all the time when chit che was talking it was just like constantly pointing in my face just disrespecting me i'm just like okay okay um <laughs> You know, honest lyrics, um, especially the relationship bars and talking about, um, you know, therapy and stuff like that. And obviously the whole uh, consistent motif of uh, food, uh, food bars in some in some fashion. Obviously, the tracks uh, have a lot to do with food. Um, but yeah, same with Ben. Uh, I've, I mean, I, I didn't find the beats that horrible. Um, I found them serviceable. I guess she did, you know, she did half the half the album production wise. So um considering that i felt excuse me i felt um it was kind of consistent uh from you know from beat to beat but yeah I, once you once you have an apollo brown album i feel like you're never gonna you're never gonna reach the heights i feel like I've, that's, that's a high bar to 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 clear and uh so yeah i personally prefer as god intended um just off that off, off the back of that alone and uh, that might be a precursor in a lot of ways for her future work, but you know the bar is there; it's very high. But you know, one day she might she might clear it. But definitely lyrically, I feel like she's still, you know, just uh, killing it. Of course, standard procedure on that front. How that said, we shall hop into our 
uh, episode. Subject for this episode. I had a main, minor brain fart there, not going to lie to you. Uh, we're covering a retrospective, uh, covering exhibit. There was a word I was trying to get and I, was, I just couldn't get it for the life of me. Uh, but yeah, subject to this episode, basically. Topic for this episode is a retrospective on X to the Z. Um, so, you know, we obviously mentioned him last week, uh, you know, in passing. And Ben was just like, do you want, do you want to just do exhibit? I'm like, oh, go on then. <laughs> oh, not, sure, fine, begrudgingly, gosh, like... Um, but yeah, I I love him exhibit. Like he was just a staple in my in my growth as a as a as a, as a uh just watching uh you know pit my rides and uh, just hearing his music uh, a lot of the time, uh, especially like uh, LAX on um on a Need for Speed Underground two. Shout to the ho- shout to the people who played that game. Fucking classic. Um, honestly, Need for Speed Underground two and uh, and Need for Speed Most Wanted the O five edition. Some of the you you try and find a better soundtrack than those two in any game, like just original sound, or not original soundtrack, but you know, any licensed music soundtrack, uh, just none better than those two. Like you get on New Zealand Underground Two, you got Riders on the Storm, but not the but with but with Snoop Dogg remix, like it's just a fucking it's so sick, like just it's great. Um, but yeah, and uh, somehow New Zealand One it got me into fucking like. I, d- I don't want to class it. I don't know how to class it. Um, but you know, blah, music. That's how I like to say it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, past that, exhibit was a staple. I feel like in um, I I, I have a feeling in Ben's life as well, considering he was his uh grow up was oh yeah in the t- minor in the two thousands and exhibit was just everywhere. Um, shout out to Triple X Two, the next level featuring Ice Cube and Exhibit. Which has this iconic scene. <laughs> As I was playing his music this week, I was I just constantly kept thinking of that one scene near the end where there, where Exhibit's in a tank, and uh, Exhibit needs some uh, and uh, Ice Cube needs some help, and uh, he just <laughs> and Exhibit turns the tank towards the U.S. Capitol, and he just goes, "Let's redecorate," <laughs> and just fucking bombs a shell. <laughs> Just shoots a fucking tank shell in the dome in that you know the US Capitol has that dome. Just shoots it in there. Just oh, I just love it. Iconic scene. Just absolutely G C. Just exhibit. Just go. Let's redecorate. Don't know why that just uh, makes me laugh. And uh, amazing memories. Classic film, by the way. If you haven't seen Triple X Two, um, absolutely boss cast and boss action. But anyway, uh, we're here to obviously talk about music or the music of Exhibit. And I just wanted to get my pop culture geeky geekery out of the way. Uh, for the meantime, and uh, we can now hop on to his story if you have anything better. Yeah, I mean, Exhibit is a fascinating character study because his early life is poignantly independent, tinged with loss and trauma, underpinned by this insistent quality you can see running through everything he says and does. It's just this inherent nature of moving forward. And Exhibit is always growing and progressing. When he speaks in interviews, he likes to look back and relay the lessons he's learned from the past. Now, he is a West Coast rapper through and through, but he was actually born in Detroit. His mom passed away at age nine and he moved to New Mexico and he got caught up in all manner of things. He said it was a small town mentality and also it was a place where people from other states would come and pick up huge amounts of substances. He's open about some of his exploits in New Mexico. Uh, At age 17, he said he called his father and wanted to move to LA and he told his father, if I don't go, I will die in New Mexico because of the things he'd been embroiled in. Now, he had a contact in LA by the name of Jay Johnson, who told him that if he ever decided to make music work, this Jay Johnson character had a place for him to stay, 
and a way for him to springboard his career. Now, Exhibit, after this phone call with his father and the realization that New Mexico was a dead end for him, drove across state lines to LA. He said he had $3,000, a black and purple Geo Tracker, which is a horrendous car, cross-colored clothing, a Cool G Rap DJ Polo CD, some Snapples, and an AK-47. And he spent his first night homeless on Venice Beach before Jay Johnson finally got back to him. Mean- meanwhile, remember this, this is pre-mobile phone era. It's pre-mobile phones. You can't just rock up and shoot off a quick text and be like, hey man, where you at? You, in, back in those days, is a leap of faith. Anywhere you went, you hoped that they were there at the other end. Otherwise, you were kind of screwed. And um, so he, he got a page back from Jay Johnson who told him he was actually living with his parents and he invited Exhibit around. So Exhibit gives him the $3,000 and began his career as a West Coast MC. Now, despite dabbling in rap prior to LA, it's clear his career was going nowhere in Albuquerque. He began to formally rap in his early teens, but he said he was always a writer and his mother was a poet and an English teacher. And the urge to express himself via the written word, he said, was very strong. His parents hated hip-hop. They were devoutly religious and would promptly destroy any physical evidence of hip-hop if Exhibit was careless enough to let them know of his growing obsession. And he would sneak listens at school on shared Walkmans, bumping everything from the DOC, who he says is his favorite rapper of all time, Two Live Crew, Queen Latifah, D-Las, that's a Sonic. Exhibit said basically anything he could get his hands on, he was spinning. So as Exhibit's mother passed away when he was nine, and this obviously prompted his move from Detroit to Albuquerque, he began to rap on the local college radio station, KUNM, under the name Exhibit A, but claimed it was merely a hobby. And it wasn't really until LA when things began to take shape for him. And in LA, Exhibit said he was drawn straight back into the vices that kept him paid and fed in New Mexico. But the people around him believed in his music career and worked hard to keep him centered and focused. Exhibit said they started introducing him around, and part of this process meant he linked up with a production crew named 360 in the middle of the LA riots. James Broadway was in that crew, and at the time, Exhibit was in a duo called The Shady Bunch with an artist named Ali Rockstar. Now, Exhibit and Ali Rockstar would spend heaps of time at the studio with James Broadway, who was actually working on King T's album, For Life. Now, we actually mentioned King T in the Aftermath episode. He's an absolutely legendary West Coast rapper, one of the first ever commercially viable West Coast artists and one of the most essential mentors in hip-hop history. He mentored the Alcoholics, who I'll get to in a second, but he also actually helped influence Notorious Big. And he actually recently got into a beef with Coolio over an alleged fight between King T and Tupac from the early 90s. So King T, mid-80s, King T was around. Exhibit said that Ali Rockstar was dealing with some issues himself and he started dropping off the map. But this is the thing with Exhibit. He never, ever gives up. He always turns up. He's always there. His work ethic is staggering. And he keeps working on a problem or a project until it's complete. And James Broadway and King T saw this and was suitably impressed, bringing Exhibit on tour with them and placing him on the song Freestyle Ghetto, a song which dropped in 1994 on the For Life album. And this is the song that got Exhibit signed to Loud Records. Now, at the time, Exhibit had no demo, no single, no video, no mixtapes. He was literally just traveling around and just bodying other local rappers in battles and building up word of mouth. Off the back of his feature and his connection with the Alcoholics, which is definitely an episode I would love to do one day, uh, he was signed and they saw potential. 
Now, Exhibit's life pre-17 years old is fascinating because he's clearly a deeply thoughtful and guarded person, although he absolutely does not give off that impression in interviews. He's forthcoming. He appears to be forthcoming and amicable. He appears to be warm. He laughs easily. He gives you just enough information to satisfy you before swiftly moving on. And there's emotion in his voice when he speaks of being criticized for repping West Coast, but not being born on the West Coast. And in 2005, at the West Coast Peace Treaty, Exhibit was speaking, and during his speech, someone yelled out, you're from Albuquerque. And the game actually recounted the story for Hip Hop DX, and it took off. People were criticizing Exhibit for saying he's West Coast when he wasn't born there. Exhibit bristles at this, absolutely. He lists off Nate Dogg and Corrupt, as well as Tupac when referring to West Coast alumni who weren't born on the West Coast. And if you're curious about what I mean when I say he gives you just enough and swiftly moves on, if you find any interview with him mentioning this, he becomes very animated, he provides his defense, and then he moves on. And then I really like this quality in him. I really do like it. Uh, I think it's probably born out of his formative years when he had to fend for himself and work insanely hard for everything he got. And that becomes clearer as we move into his music career. Yeah, I think the West Coast thing, I mean, the most notable one is obviously Pac, right? Where... You know, the dude is literally born Brooklyn. on the other side, yeah. on the other coast. Um, he brought in Brooklyn as well. Nobody. Biggie, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he was born in Harlem. Um, but regardless, born in New York, guaranteed. So I was just so it, it that that I'm I'm surprised that's a thing. Um, yeah, you're the, right. Harlem. The pe the the people again exhibit for that, and he's had to defend himself several times over that on wax. So um, that is that is an interesting uh, wrinkle. I feel in that. A uh, whole thing when, yeah, sure, right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I was born in London, but I've lived in Essex, which is a county literally just outside of London. Like I'm, I, I live an hour outside of London, right? You can gather by my, you can gather by my tone of voice. I'm not exactly like, you know, born in London, in it, like talking like this. You know, what I mean, just, I'm not. I don't talk like. A dizzy rascal, or, or you know, I, mean, I, don't, I don't, I don't talk like I'm from. Uh, I'm from. I was born in. I was born and bred in Camden. I was born in Camden, but I wasn't bred there. So you know, I can, I can have, I can feel that in a sense where, like, and I don't say I'm a Londoner at all, right? I don't, I don't say that. I don't say I'm an Essex boy either because that has just too many bad connotations for my liking, and I'm not one of those. Um, that's a that's a specific place in Essex. Okay, that's one specific spot. Um, and I'm sure Ben has his own uh, uh, connect, uh, connotations and uh, uh, potential examples of. Uh, I'm not from this part of Sydney. I'm from this part. Of Sydney. Mm, um, but, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you can tell from my accent. Yeah. You would have no idea there's, where there's I'm from. There's different parts of Sydney. <laughs> Ten years ago, you would have been like, "That's a Campbelltown boy. That is a fucking <laughs> Western <laughs> Sydney Drongo. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Drongo. Yeah. Drongo." <laughs> Uh, one of my one of my favorite book one of my favorite books has uh, uses the term Drongo a couple of times for one specific character in it, Classic. and I always I always I can't, I, can't, I just I just default picture Ben from ten years ago just yeah. for, just for the kids absolutely um, me yeah. total Drongo man <laughs> absolutely fascinating but anyway yeah um, that's that's just interesting quite just uh, word brother. Yeah, man. Do you want to talk about his first album at the speed of life? Oh, come on then. What a fucking on, album, bro. What a fucking album! You like it? Where this comes? Oh, go on then. If it, go on then. You like it a lot? Go on. Go for it. This doesn't. Okay. First, first up, this doesn't sound like a West Coast album at all. Like this sounds like. Oh, you could... agree. That was. A... <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> that's literally the first thing I was going to say. I was like, does this sound like a West Coast album? I was going to go deep into it. I was just going to go like, Ben, look up the albums that dropped in 96. I know. Because we've done it before. We've named many albums in 96. And it's like this, this, and this, and this. This does not sound West Coast at all. Right, no. Yeah, I think yeah. the aftermath was 96. <laughs> Hit me too. No, man, look, man, that was, uh, yeah, 96. So, the, look, man, it sounds like you could substitute the beats or the bars on the infamous and no one would be any the wiser. It's no surprise that Mob D popped on the remix to Eyes May Shine a few weeks after the album dropped. Production is shared around heavily. DJ Muggs, Diamond D, uh, we get Raskas on a song uh, as a feature, King T, Hurricane G, 74 on the Billboard 200, and it charted really well in Europe, randomly. 19 in the mm. Netherlands, 36 in Finland, 74 in Germany, 57 in Sweden, 35 in Switzerland. And that's random. Exhibit said it took them all by surprise. And as a result, they actually packed up and went on a tour around Europe due to the strong response. And I've tried to find a yeah. solid explanation for this. I can't find anything. And I suspect it's very similar to the explosion of Slum Village in Europe and Asia. And it's just one of those things. You know, Elzai experienced something similar when we did the Elzai episode where he dropped a, a sampler and it started blowing up in Germany. So he was like, fuck, we better go to Germany. Like, you know, it's just kind of random. And the album is so, so solid. Apparently, Exhibit was being positioned as a gangster rapper from the West Coast with lyrical ability to match anyone from New York. And it's another example of the blurring of regional lines that occurred, you know, occasionally in the 90s. Ice Cube, obviously, with the Bomb Squad, uh, the other way with LL Cool J's Bigger mm. and Deffer. Um, this album is incredible, man. Deeply underrated gem in hip-hop history. Paparazzi was the draw card, charted 83 on the Hot 100. That's the song most people point to when referencing his early success and, and their first uh, you know, introduction to Exhibit. I would argue the foundation is a centerpiece. Um, I think that's the yep. centerpiece of the album. Yep. And one thing that's abundantly apparent the more you dive into Exhibit's discography is his deeply socially conscious messaging across every album. On the foundation, mm-hmm. this is vibrantly apparent, you know. Even in a song, mm-hmm. like in the first verse he raps, this is California, can't stick your dick in everything. We survive, we will survive necessarily by any means. Let no man ever hold you down or suppress you. It's the 90s, the police just arrest you, disrespect for you, on occasion take life. By the time you come of age, they'll probably blast on sight. It's a shame they protect them, but try to serve us. When your neck is on the line, stand the stand ground there. It's just, it's super intense, super intense. And that yeah. whole song to me is the embodiment of Exhibit's deeply affecting ability. He's very analytical and he's very capable of breaking down difficult concepts into simple analogies and images. At the beginning of the second verse, he raps, you came from a long line of killers and drug dealers who forever smoke bud, so it's probably in your blood. Realize you can only run the streets so long, then the streets run you into the ground, then gone. And he's obviously talking to his, his child. Um, in plenty of interviews, mm-hmm. he speaks on two things. The first being his own father was convinced that he'd see Exhibit behind bars or worse still, dead at a young age from the things he talks about in his rhymes. And he says one of the proudest things in his life was his father not having to visit him in prison or bury him prematurely. Exhibit also says this about his son. He said he never wanted his son to struggle and to suffer through what he suffered through and he never felt it was necessary to toughen him up or give him an education in the darker sides of life like give him a hands-on education. His success in rap came primarily as a way to help himself and his family out of the situation he found himself in New Mexico. And look, man, this is just such a good album, such a good song, The Foundation. Um, 
just it's such a great first listen hey like it's so good like you know we talk about the mid 90s is a difficult time especially for an underground artist because the mainstream artists were had these glitzy instrumentals and you know they were sounding in the future and if you're an underground artist you would sound mired in the past and hip-hop was moving so quickly in the 90s but for exhibit to come out and he's not underground he was on loud records but man he sounded vital in 96 tough year to come out yeah, absolutely outstanding. Um, I, I I forgot when I listened to the foundation, but I I just listened to it on a whim, and it just it just hit me like a brick. I've I've always had that song in my head in some fashion, like since then, for years now. Um, verse three is my favorite. I think so. You are the foundation, beginning of a new generation. I remember hospital hallway pacing. I was anxious as fuck to see your face shine, only to find that yours looked like mine. It's so, so it's like I'm living twice the exact same time. Like it's just that's some, it's 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 in like the realm of like uh you know Lauren's X Factor. Um, is it X Factor? What, what, what's the what's the su- what's the one with the sun? Um. It is X Factor, isn't it? I forget. Um, also, like, uh, you know, Nas's daughters, right? So it's in that same realm of just like parenthood and motherhood or whatever, uh, whatever it applies on that front. Parenthood. Um, but yeah, apart from that, like, uh, you know, Just Maintains, a good track. Uh, it's a solid one for me with the Hurricane Gene, Jero, I like that. Um, you know, like you said, the production is just super, yeah, super kind of East Coasty. Uh, honestly, kind of like decentralized. If I'm being real, it's like it's just it's just decentralized underground hip hop. Um, even though it's not quite unquote underground officially, but you know what I mean. It's just it just sounds very raw. It sounds rugged. Um, but yeah, man, it's just uh, and and the lyrics just uh, just <laughs> kind of exemplify that throughout. Um, it's just amazing stuff. Uh throughout the whole project um from start to finish there's just some really good stuff on there and just keeps you just keeps you in um for for uh, for throughout so it's, yeah it's a really solid uh first first album yeah then we get 40 days 40 nights what you see is what you get is an incredible song first single produced by jesse west uh another example after paparazzi of exhibit showing his ability to craft something that crossed over number 50 on the hot 100 is really really high really high back then for a rapper who wasn't this was didn't have J Lo on it, didn't have Mary on it, you know, and that's what I mean, though. Like you know, Jay Z was going number one on Heartbreaker with Mariah Carey. Like it was often that you had to get a, a pop star or, or an R and B superstar on your song to start crossing over, and uh, or you'd have to get Diddy on the on production. But this is underground. It sounds underground, you know. In the music yep. video for what you see is what you get is is often cited as genuinely influential. Some people even drew comparisons between that and This Is America by Childish Gambino, um, which I find interesting. I find interesting. I didn't really see the the comparisons, but people say it. So uh, the album chart of 58, so it was another improvement on his last project. Production comes from all over, and we get guest spots from, again, Raskas, Meth, J.O. Felony, King T, Gan, Superfly, and when Exhibit was coming up in the underground, there was a local club called Unity he often references. And he said this is where he forged his bond with Raskas and actually where he met Will I Am. And listeners will remember Will I Am. You might not remember him very well, but he has a song called My Dingaling. And that was the song that blew Will I Am up. Um, you know, it was a massive song for him. One thing that he said used to happen is the promoter would book New York acts and then get local acts to open the bill. 
and he said he used to watch Wu-Tang in there tearing down the stage, and he would occasionally open for them. So getting meth on a song makes sense. Um, remember that Exhibit was still primarily an underground, slightly unknown MC at this stage. Nori said in Drink Champs interview they actually saw Exhibit as an East Coast crossover artist because of his lyrical content and the production he was on. I think on this project, I can see the comparisons even more starkly than his debut. But it's the storytelling. It's so next mm. level, man. So next level. Shrooms in LA Times are some of the best writing of his career. And lyrically, mm-hmm. a track like Focus... You know, sometimes he just gives me jizz of vibes. You're like, bad seas is planted to grow large and tokus. Whatever is left will be eaten alive by the locusts. Hear me not, believe me later. You can feel the animosity through the so and vega. Like, man, fucking hell. <laughs> Bro, if you thought the exhibit was not a lyricist, fuck me, man. You're going to learn on this episode, I tell you, man. <laughs> lyricist. I love this album as yeah. well. Yeah, you mentioned the LA Times. I think that's my favorite track, uh, apart from what you see is what you get. Um, another just uh, absolute banger of a, of a single right there. Um, but yeah, LA Times just really hit me nice. Like uh, I love the, I love the. Uh, I think I think it's a sample that comes along with it. Uh, it's just some really good stuff there. But yeah, the, these verses are so good. Um, uh, let's go, let's go for this one. Uh, welcome to LA. If hand determined dick size, I'm palming <laughs> the earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a part. Select turf, then plant bad seed and give birth and make the hard work look easy for sheezy. Uh, leaving you and your best man stiff in the mannequins, enough to break the skin on a Vietnam leather neck. <laughs> Marine drill sergeant, you nothing but a target. Uh, charger to the game, got a look beyond the brand name. Coming from the guts, I slammed down 20 cups of Hennessy straight. F- uh, relate, feel my hate. Exhibit flipping through these bitches like DJ crates. <laughs> uh, translate to left field, only real niggas follow. Bitches suck and swallow, I'm living life behind the bottle. Uh, never the role model, I'm still shining like a new automobile. Uh, obviously he says that differently. Flow six foe, you can't steal. Because uh, I got a kill switch with an itch for the action, while the other rappers use weapons of, mass dis- ma- <laughs> of distraction to sell their shit. It's, it's, he, he comes through with like really... Um, his flows are really fascinating and how he goes about it sometimes, like uh, especially just rhyme schemes, especially. Um, he, he Just now and again, he, he, he kind of just, he never settles sometimes where it's just like, he, he you think he's in there and then boom, he's just trying something d- different you just, and you just have to, you have to listen and you have to keep up, right? And he forces you to keep up sometimes. Here's, here's another one. I season beef with lead pieces, then cook it with gas. I'm from the school of hard knocks, way ahead in the class. Class. Uh, exhibit hard to get through like bulletproof glass. Uh, break it down like Johnny Cochran in the mix, <laughs> then mix it with hash. <laughs> this is great. I, I fucking love that track. That's really hot. Um, and yeah, uh, I will say as a as a minor critique, and I get this a lot with um, uh, throughout his uh, discography, it's kind of consistent thing where like there's some tracks where it just, um, where the, the, the hooks try too hard to be sticky um like uh i i don't care pussy pops not like not great for me as a as a hook um i think uh and i think somewhere in the middle it's either shrooms focus or deeper i forget which i think it's deeper actually um where like uh the 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 beat kind of just uh sinks for me and uh yeah so you know it, it kind of it's it's a bit 
overall, I would say the album's a little bit hit and miss for me personally. There's some really high highs and there's just some really like, yeah, yeah it's, it's just there kind of, uh, kind of things. I feel like I get that. I'm going to get that a lot, um, especially... I think it more pertains to the length of the albums, if anything, and how many tracks there are. Sometimes I feel like a lot of uh, exhibit stuff part, uh, uh, from from here onwards kind of just get a bit bloated sometimes. I'm just like, I could have done without this track. But um, but yeah, we'll get to that when we get to that. Well, shit changed for exhibit after this, man. Wrestlers comes out and pre-Wrestlers... So this is it, man. So Exhibit knew Snoop Dogg from existing in the same circles in LA during the 90s. And when Snoop left Death Row and hopped over to No Limit, he actually called up Exhibit and asked if he wanted to appear on a song. And he gently slipped in that Dr. Dre would be producing it and would be giving Exhibit a call if he agreed. Naturally, Exhibit fell over himself to say yes. And he said the minute Dr. Dre called, he was in the car. He said it was like those cartoons where the phone was still in the air and he was already out the door. He drove 15 minutes to the studio, spent 15 minutes writing his verse. He laid it. He thanked Dr. Dre for the opportunity and he left. And he said he never asked for a cent in payment or publishing. He was just absolutely stoked to be part of the situation. The song became Bitch Please with Nate Dogg, which became Snoop's comeback single off No Limit Top Dog, which was his fourth studio album. The song was blowing up in, you know, in Exhibit's life. Like this was something that he'd never experienced before. And he said it was a whole other level and things started to open up for him. He was invited on the Up In Smoke tour and actually before he left, Loud Records tried to get him to record and release a new album. Exhibit was not happy with that because he said after what you see is what you get blew up. Um, Loud refused to find another music video and didn't really push the song in the first place. Certainly not as hard as Exhibit expected. And he said now as soon as he appears on a Snoop album, all of a sudden they want to record new music. Exhibit was not happy, so he left in frustration and anger. He's like, fuck you, I'm not going to record another album. And uh, it became so dire that Steve Rifkin actually turned up to one of the Up In Smoke tour dates looking for him and was turned away at the gate. He was actually allegedly, this is what Steve Rifkin told Exhibit, that he was really cut up about it, claiming he'd always supported Exhibit and wanted to build something meaningful with him. Now, Dr. Dre knew all of this. And when the tour ended and Exhibit sat down to negotiate this new album, Dr. Dre stepped in and said he would executive produce it, but he would be paid not out of Exhibit's pocket and Exhibit's budget, but out of Steve Rifkin's pocket. And it was agreed. And obviously it made sense for everyone, but you know what record labels are like. They're just trying to like milk every cent they can out of everything. And Exhibit credits Dr. Dre as one of his very best friends. And certainly Ref- Restless is one of the only albums Dr. Dre executive produced produced on and wrapped on that didn't fall under the aftermath label the whole thing is just elevated you know you can see what difference a good ep and good production can make to an artist with deep level of talent like exhibit we get dr dre on beats uh rock wilder melman scott storch not eric sermon rick rock dj quick and then we get uh guest spots from nate dog dr dre snoop eric sermon krs1 eminem dj quick the album goes number 12 on the Billboard 200, it's platinum, charted in 12 countries, and Exhibit is out of here. And it's no more than what he deserved. Exhibit didn't luck into any of this. Don't think that. He was on no. Dr. Dre's 99 album, uh, What's the Difference, next to Dr. Dre and Eminem. And whilst he did have the weakest Jeez. verse on that song, okay, he did, um, he was concerned. Oh. Yeah, look, man, come on now. Come on now. Let's be serious about it. It does. It's not a bad verse. It's not a bad verse. Don't get me wrong. 
but like you'd have to say it's the worst whilst he whilst he was always consistent he was always consistent he was always a solid mc and lyricist whenever eminem and him got on the same song like on this record don't approach me on this record look eminem was just ridiculous at this point like you're not gonna you're not gonna he was out rapping jay-z on the fucking blueprint like come on now like there's, there's it wasn't gonna happen no one was gonna unless you caught eminem on a really bad day it was very unlikely you're gonna outwrap him exhibit didn't need to he never wanted to you know his vocals snapped on the hit of the drums he sounded vital and fresh he had plenty of other space on this record to stretch his lyrical legs um, he lived up to KRS-One's ad-libs on Kenny Parker Show 2001. He slayed on Get on oh, your, Get Your Walk On. The whole album, he knew his values. He knew his content. He had worked hard for this moment. This was his moment, and I think he executed it perfectly. I think it's a great re- record. What's the difference between me and you? About five pack accounts for yes and two, two vehicles. vehicles. Oh, come on, come on. Look, it's um, not bad, yeah, man. <laughs> but like, come on, like, oh man, isn't that the one where Eminem like beat you with a sword off, a piece of the sword off of, like, fuck, man. But it's, you can't, you're not gonna. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's between those two, then sure, yeah. But like, you know, um, it was a Drake verse in there. Raw as well. dog, get your uh, arm gnawed off, drop the sword off, and beat you with the piece it was sword off of. <laughs> What? <laughs> that's just insane. Like, come on. And that's uh, the thing. Like, how can you say Eminem's the same MC he was back then? I don't know. Anyway. I, that, that was, that's the, that's something, actually. That's, that's something that I, I was banging with a gang yeah, that's, of instrumentals. That's something I really came out of uh, thinking uh, as a side note uh, to all of this. Because there's a couple of times, obviously, where Eminem features on an exhibit album. Uh, it's not just Restless. And... Um, I was just like, oh my gosh, I forgot this was Eminem like back in the day, and it's actually he. I know, but like, he, he just come like, oh. like this. It's just so. It's actually annoying now thinking about I, it. I'm just like, right? Fuck. Now you know. It's now like every know. day I wake up, another drama. I'm, it's a wonder I'm surviving. Uh, I'm alive, surviving this karma. If I can hold on to my private life for five minutes longer, I might get my wife to let go of this knife and just calm. I know. Without these cameras in our faces like animals for your Channel Two Action News to follow our ambulance up the avenue, oh. catch a glimpse of all the suicide attempts and what we do in private since they won't let us put up a fence and you wonder why I carry a gun every gun under the sun where it's unloaded full unregistered one no bullets so you're so full of shit clip is so full uh, it will spit if I don't pull what? it <laughs> don't give me no bullshit I'm not in the mood I just got in a feud with some parking uh, in, a, some, in some parking lot with a dude <laughs> over Kim and she just slipped both her wrists Fuck. over this shit don't tell me about Fuck. show business shit I know what this is bitch it's just it's just like Bro, you but, can't you can't compare the, like the you can't compare verse, man, like, 2000s Eminem. Do I go to like, buy a whole just, block to myself, a front door with twelve locks, and have a bodyguard walk me out to my mailbox? And every time somebody make a threat, <laughs> run and tell cops. It's so visual. Fuck that! Like, I protect thing, myself with these twelve shots and one of the chain. Ah, oh, bro, like, it's so visual. It's like it's it's like you have to think you have to like visualize it in some like really just twisted. Uh, what's that? What's that? What's that film? Is it Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? What's the, what's the Woody Harrelson film um, that looks like? It's just, it just absolutely looks fucking trippy. I'm going to try and look it up right quick. But yeah, it reminds me of that film. Uh, oh, here we go. Natural Born Killers. Yeah, it literally reminds me of that. It's just like super surreal. Um, or like something like Eyes Wide Shut. Just super surreal, just like fucking visual storytelling. Um, but anyway, apart from that, yeah. That's, that's something I just came out with. It was just like, fuck. Feature Eminem was like undefeated. Um, 
anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Rest is probably Exhibit's best album on this at this point. Um, well, definitely, I guess. Uh, front, front to back, been a long time. You know, X, just just a beat to X, just absolutely heat, just dun 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 dun. It's just, it's so it's so like soldier like. I really love that element of like how Exhibit goes goes down that route. He does it a lot where he has just like this kind of like ten hut kind of vibe going on um just like street street soldier kind of vibe i love it um i love the uh the um the hook to x as well it's super simple as well an alcoholic as well that's, that's a really fun one uh, eric sermon on that on that feature is great uh call it what you wanna call it i'm a fucking alcoholic it's just great uh kenny parker show with krs1 jesus christ krs just fucking such a He's, he's such an elite hype man, man. He's just such an elite hype man. It's so great. Just having Exhibit just go fucking off. Simply off. Uh, for for a couple of verses. KRS-One's just in, just in the middle of them. Just going like... Whoop, whoop. You know what time it is? Pull over. All whack MCs. <laughs> it's just fucking great. I absolutely love it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it... it, it, it uh, I feel like the album probably for me uh, trails off near the, nearer to the end, but yeah, it, I think it's a bit top heavy quality wise. But um, re- regards to that, it's a, it's a solid album overall. So uh, yeah, it's just too much. There's too much he up top to really complain too much about uh, about the rest of it. Yeah. One minor note, I feel like uh, Exhibit has just terrible artwork all over the place. Like this. Not ideal. <laughs> Apart from Man and Machine, which is the next one, I feel like all these. Uh, and uh, maybe and maybe wear some weapons of mass destruction, but yeah, most of these are just ugh. like why is exhibit and restless like in different f- different type uh different typographies? It's horrible. It annoys the fuck out of me. Anyway, <sighs> man versus machine. Well, I don't know why I go down those roads, but yeah, things get interesting on man versus machine because when the issues with lab were happening, Jimmy Iveen went to Steve Rifkin and asked him to write a number down to pay for exhibit to leave the deal. Mr. Rifkin wrote down a number so large that Jimmy Iovine left the meeting perplexed and confused. And we would never get an Interscope record from Exhibit. Never. Exhibit was not on Aftermath. He wasn't on Shady. He wasn't on Interscope. He wasn't on any of those. It just it didn't exist. So Steve Rifkin was vindicated when Man vs. Machine went number three on the Billboard 200, 156K first week, 19 weeks on the chart, gold, explosion, explosion. Lab was struggling to transition into the 2000s. You know, they had Wu-Tang, of course. Um, they dropped the infamous, only built for Cuban links, Capital Punishment. But they had been criticized for Big Pun's posthumous albums for the handling of Wu-Tang. And O2 was, of course, their final year. They just signed Lil Flip. They dropped an album from Project Pat. Man vs. Machine was the final successful record on that album before it, you know, shuffled off. And yeah, man, it's, it's a good... It It's good, but it's... It's good, but it's not great, this record. Um, in 2002, Hip Hop DX called Exhibit Dr. Dre's Hitman, and they wrote, One of X's marketable qualities, besides his distinct rug- rugged vocals that make your soul rumble, is his accessibility. Everyone respects X. Left coast, east coast, and every spot in between. He's the best of both worlds. But Exhibit then said, Don't use no R. Kelly terms with me. Exhibit replies defensively. 
She said the best of both worlds, no. And then Hip Hop DX writer writes, sitting in his New York hotel after a night of managing anger on stage at the Continental Airlines Arena in New Jersey, Exhibit is quick to differentiate his cross-coast popularity from Kelly's X-rated mingling with minors. That was 02, guys. Like, this shit has been known. (laughs) It's what I'm so perplexed as to how... Anyway, Exhibit knew. Um... But yeah, man, like Exhibit's life wasn't rosy at this time. His issues with alcohol began. His life became quite crazy. He appeared on the Anger Management Tour next to Eminem and Papa Roach. He even got a Paul skit on this album. Exhibit has a Paul skit. Now, the first ever Exhibit song I heard outside of his features is on this, which is Multiply, which is a fucking romp with Nate Dogg. I have to admit, I do think Dr. Dre's influence on his sound was really positive. I love his East Coast side on his first two albums, but I think the refocus on his West Coast history on Restless and this record was a necessary reset. As much as Exhibit liked to call himself an international MC who didn't have a specific sound, I feel personally he sounds more comfortable and at home on West Coast production with a slightly faster BPM than some of his contemporaries. On BK to LA, I think it's very obvious. Um, Despite his energy and power, his vocals do sound laid back. Next to Eminem, when they rap together, he sounds, you know, you've got to remember that um, uh, Exhibit's from Detroit as well. You know, he's born in Detroit. I know he's a West Coast MC, but like he sounds more comfortable next to Snoop, I think, on songs like Losing Your Mind. He provides that that gravel in his delivery. Uh, The same dynamic, I think, that Snoop and Dre so beautifully perfected. I do think Exhibit is similar to Dr. Dre in delivery. He really, and I'll get to that as we get through. Um... But yeah, man, I, I thought this album was, it was okay. Like, I, I think it was him going a bit poppy. Um, Yeah, I feel there's some times where there's some there's some tracks. It's, it's, there's no, like, there's no stretch of tracks where I'm just like, eh. But it just, con- it just constantly keeps hitting me now and again. Um, But, you know, for stuff like, you know, Multiply, absolute classic tune for me. Like, just, it ain't my fault. We keep dropping it. It's just, it's, I, I fucking love it. Uh, I love that bit. Um, yeah, and then you have like stuff like choke me, spank me, pull my hair. I'm That's the one man. thing I wanted to say, man. Like no sex God talk from male God, ep- rappers God ever. Damn it. I don't want to hear you talk about sex. God damn I don't want to hear you talk about it. You're tr- all trash at it. None of you are any good at talking about sex. Shut the fuck up. Stop. I have to read it. Stop. I have to read it. Oh, stop rapping about I have to read sex, it. For fuck's sake. I work hard when I'm breaking your back. Oh, God. My little nymphomaniac. Suck it. Swallow it. Yuck. Down the hatch. Stop it, Charlie. Stop <laughs> For fuck's sake. What are we, 12? Jesus Christ, man. Who's listening to this and being like, oh, yeah. I have to this is my point. experience. Gosh. We have to make the point. You you men can't do it. It's Stop garbage. It. <laughs> it ain't a game which you're giving me brain. She doing her thing. I'm up all night, but I never complain. Oh. <laughs> Fucking hell. She act like she ain't gonna survive the night without my dick up all around <laughs> so quick, so fast. Stop I it! See her twin towers up race crash. <laughs> <laughs> in 2002, in October 2002, Exhibit comes with a fucking 9-11 bar. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm fucking crying, bro. I see her twin towers and I'm ready to crash. Oh my gosh. Absolutely fucking outstanding. Hey. <laughs> 
shit is zero tier. Oh my gosh, what? Zero chill. Zero chill. Oh my gosh, I'm fucking here for it. That is hilarious. Imagine that, bro. Just 9-11 fucking sex bars. <laughs> that's, a, that's a double dip. In 0-2. Jackpot. Love it. Absolutely the best fucking lyrics. Um, but yeah, there were, back to my point, I feel like there's uh, times where like just the, 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 the hook tries to just be um to to just be like popping uh like enemies sometimes the worst enemies 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 energies it's, it's like okay bro we get it you yeah, yeah. um so yeah it it comes a, it comes a lot it comes across a lot uh as it pertains to that um but you know there's stuff like my name that's kind of cool uh what a mess i think is one i enjoy near, nearer to the end uh yeah 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 more mess is a good track i like that but yeah there's just there's just certain times where the album is, is it's literally hit and miss again but like not in stretches like some al- most albums do it's just it's just you just like one after the other it's like good then bad good then bad good then bad yeah so it's it's um yeah it's 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 is what it is again. Uh, just a more more of a more of a overall sense. Like the de- if you look like if if you look here too broadly, it just comes out as like eh, okay, right. But then like if you look at specific tracks, you're just like ah, oh, so good, and you just wonder why you can't just do ten, twelve tracks of that. You know what I mean? Instead of just like seventeen tracks where like there's just six that just don't belong. Anyway, uh, next next up. Well, let's talk about... Where's the match structured? Yeah, let's talk about Pin My Ride in the interim. So, Pin My Ride happened, one of the greatest shows in history. Oh, gonna cry. One of the greatest things in history. Firstly, Exhibit wasn't approached by MTV. He was approached by a production company who had this idea to do a show in this realm. Now, Exhibit said he was already using West Coast Customs himself with his own car. So, he saw it as a perfect opportunity. MTV can get his music in the show, get a bump for his videos... Uh, it would inform and uplift his rap career. Not the case. And Exhibit told Breakfast Club, I wasn't able to tour. I wasn't able to continue building Exhibit as an MC. All of a sudden, it became almost bigger than the music. It was worldwide. It was on MTV. It was on these networks who were pushing it around the world more than they were pushing my music. I love hip-hop. I love being here. I love creating it. I love being a part of it. So when it came to Pimp My Ride, it became some soccer moms and shit coming up to me and recognizing me. Now as I look back at it, whether people know Trying me to pull his shirt up. Yeah. You just get me Bro, it's like Charlemagne, Charlemagne says they started pimping Exhibit and Exhibit laughs and says yes. Now that's yep. painfully mm-hmm. accurate because despite being wildly popular, uh, Exhibit barely got paid from the show. He said the contract was incredibly difficult to follow. It was a nightmare. He had responsibilities and they hid things in it that he didn't anticipate. He actually said he tried to go on tour at the end of a season and they called him up and told him there was one episode left. So he asked them to fly him back and give him a million dollars to cover the loss of tour revenue and they declined and just used Chameleonaire instead. And he even said MTV told him at one point anyone with braids can do what Exhibit does. (laughs) oh fuck so ouch okay there's epic problems with the show that we know plenty of exposés on YouTube about MTV faking storylines casting people then asking them to act surprised 
running out houses for the people to live in, giving people scripts. And of course, the cars were absolute trash. Anybody with even half a brain could see that you can't add hundreds of kilos of electrics into a rust bucket and expect the whole thing not to just disintegrate on the road. But most of the time, they just got a car of the same build and just used that. Oh like they just binned the car. They would have. Like, they had to, right? Like, yeah. There's no fucking yeah. way yeah. the it's... chassis on those cars were going <laughs> to handle. Bro, some of those cars had like 1.4 litre oh. engines and they put a ton of electrics in it. That's not going up a hill, okay? It's not going to happen. It's just so oh, dumb. Like, it's such a shit show. Oh, Love my it. God. And, oh, um, you know, sadly, um, well, firstly, allegedly, Exhibit was more recognizable than the Pope in the mid-2000s. There was something called a Q rating where they rating agencies would, like, look at the, the popularity and recognizable traits of people. And allegedly, Exhibit was more recognizable than the Pope. Um, okay, is the Pope wearing the garb though, or is it just like his face? Just him, maybe just him like, in jeans right. and a and a t shirt. Yeah, in a, if, it, if it, it's in the Pope a being wearing shirt, Pope gear, then yeah, you know what I mean. But the yeah, Pope just hanging out so in a in a Nirvana shirt, semantics on that front, listening yeah. to <laughs> picking up a, a pad tire from the local fucking tire place. I, I probably wouldn't exactly. I probably wouldn't recognize him, but. Um, yeah, no, neither of it. Yeah. But, you know, sadly, it put Exhibit in a dark oh, psychological God. space. Around this time, his life had become to take a dark dip into depression, uh, alcoholism. He said the criticisms he was receiving because of the show were ta- taking real toll on his mental health. He told Adam22, I felt like the whole world was against me and making fun of me. And, you know, Weapons of Mass Destruction came out in 04, this time under Sony tanked in comparison consider that consider this exhibit was one of the most recognizable people on the planet and his album went 43 on the billboard 200 it dropped 40 places from his previous record 57 review average he lost the Drake connection for this album uh jelly roll rick rock dj khalil timberland high tech damn the dip in his mental health really shows i feel i feel like he tried to lean more into his west coast energy but see, Jelly Roll to me was always hit and miss in the mid two thousands. Paid the cost oh, to be the gosh. boss. Holy shit, he came through on that. Yeah, came fucking through. But some very sleepy, sleepy songs. Um, hey now was a mini sensation in Australia, but really it was pretty low tier. And Exhibit lost his way. He Exhibit lost his way on this record. He he really did. It's a mess. Okay, I don't want to go that far. I don't feel like it's the worst. <clears throat> the most, um, you know, I don't want to say it got bombed by a weapon of mass destruction. Um, I do appreciate that there's a consistent concept going throughout. Um, I love the State of the Union, just like cut up of George Bush saying, "I am the, I am the enemy," kind of thing. I, 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 I appreciate that. I'd like someone to, I'd like someone to do that for Boris Johnson uh, in recent times. Like someone, someone, I need the UK artists to do something of that nature, um, like uh, just remixing. Tory words, um, but yeah, LAX is like probably my favorite uh, exhibit track. Uh, just absolutely crazy. Uh, Motherfucker is actually funny enough on uh, uh, Def Jam Fight for NY uh, soundtrack, which I low key forgot because they on that it's called Mother Mother, and I'm wondering why they cleaned it up for a game such as De- Def Jam Fight for NY. It's not like it's for kids, uh, but anyway. <clears throat> hey now, I hate to death. I, I just oh oh Timberland beat. Okay, that makes there you go. Um, <laughs> Did you know that Timberland? St- I don't have steals all his beats. He just steals his beats. 
What do you mean? Haven't you haven't you seen the Twitter narrative when they they discover all the? Oh, is this, a, oh, is this, a, is this a theory? They discover okay. what okay, sampling yeah. is, and they're like, "Oh my god, Timberland stole that beat from that song from the nineteen seventies." <laughs> it's like that's that's sampling, okay. guys. Like, just relax. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, I I I don't like Hey Now. I just I I, I skipped him and I just do this. Week. Oh, you hate him? Um, Damn. I, Shut up. <laughs> I don't like criminal. I, I I don't mind. I do like Judgment Day, Criminal Set, um, Jelly Roll on Cold World, and Saturday Night Live killed it for me. Uh, killed those tracks for me. That was so annoying. It was like, why are you trying to sound? I thought it was Pharrell. I literally thought it was Pharrell, and I looked up. I was just like, why does this sound like Pharrell's weird? Jerry like, Pharrell got had like a Jelly yeah, Roll. Yeah, he just it's, yeah, it sounded Pharrellish. I was just like, what, what is this? Like, why why does it sound Pharrellish? Does that. Um, it annoyed it annoyed the fuck out of me. Um, Buster Rhymes and Tough Guys, Calm, couple of high tech beats in there. Um, Clack, which is hit and miss, was actually on a game called Juice that I remember I used to I, I played once. Uh, wasn't that good of a game, but uh, yeah, and uh, the track kind of fits. Um, but yeah, yeah, is 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 a another hit and miss album for me. Um, probably more hit and miss than the rest of them. If that makes any sense, but I can't get over the fact that LX is on here, so you know that could immediately just bumps up for a, a little bit for me. I don't mind, motherfucker. I love the beat for that. The dun 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 dun, bunga 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 bung. It's just great. I like that. Um, but yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say like it's a complete you know tank from uh from Man vs Machine. I'd say they're about this. I'd say they're about the same in quality. Um, but yeah, I, 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 on the side, on the side of the pin my ride fiasco, or not fiasco, but just like the whole thing. Um, it, it does make me sad the fact that he got abused so much from it. Um, uh, just in, in every direction. Um, when I personally just see it as just like an absolute fucking glorious relic of everything. And I would not, <laughs> I, I would not have it any other way of having that show exist and the funny thing is he he's barely in the show he's there I know. Like, literally Front, a start total the end. of like um, two minutes yeah he's literally there for a minute at the start a minute at the end and that's it like and the rest of the show is the show he doesn't it's take so fascinating him, he's, how he, watch, he doesn't take himself seriously on that show eh? like he's just, the whole yeah, no, thing is a no, joke course, yeah you can't he you knows can't, it's a you joke can't, you can't you can't what you can't come into there seeing a fucking uh 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 people carrier uh that f- the seats eight people uh that has just a ton of like fucking TVs fucking uh, water falling water falling on the <laughs> water falling on the set on the on the side along with a fucking nail and necklace making set. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And then like <laughs> and then like three subwoofers in the back just because around a fairy floss t- machine two, or some bullshit. And, oh, and two like six inch TVs in the back like it's so far. Oh, they God. put Guys, if you haven't car, seen like... an episode, if you haven't seen an episode of Pimp My Ride, I beg you watch one episode, bananas, and I guarantee you, you want to watch every fucking episode known to man. That's a. I don't yeah. even like it. I don't even. I don't want to say. I don't. I don't like it because exhibits in it. Like exhibits, probably the last thing I think about when it comes to Pimp My Ride. For me, it's just the whole concept. It's fucking fascinating and makes me laugh of how they even managed to do this in the mid two thousands. It wouldn't have happened anywhere else at any other time. It's just such an enigma. But fuck me, man. It, is, it does. It does. It's. It's so depressing. Just like thinking about like the stuff behind the scenes and why it all happened to exhibit. I'm assuming West Coast <laughs> Customs still exists. 
in some fashion. Let's, let's have a look. Um, but yeah, it, they, they did. They, I'm sure they did fine. And I think they had another TV show. I think they actually got another TV. Yeah, it still exists. It still exists in Burbank. Changing the game since 1993. So yeah, they're still going. So that's, that's very fascinating how they're, they're, they're still going. But there's Exhibit. Um, yeah, they had West Coast Customs TV series 2013 to present. No, it can't still be going. It can't for surely. But yeah. Yeah, now it's just... Um, it does make me sad on the background on the background of it. But as a show, it's just... Oh, it's so glorious. It's so great. Fuck MTV. Um, yeah, went for three years. Fuck. What, Pimp My Ride? 23 episodes. Uh, West Coast Customs. Oh, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Anyway. Full circle. Uh, invade my space, man. What a fucking entrance that is. The beat is everything. Perfectly embodies exhibit. Aggressive boom bap mixed with West Coast G-Funk. Um, just wild. Came a long way from the place I started from. Ever seen a man's last breath beaten out of him? Hate manifests from the inside out. The shit starts in your heart and spill out your mouth. I'm the odd man out. Watch it all pan out. I see you trying to stand up, but you don't stand out. Now that I found my path is original, prepared, never scared, had to peek at my pinnacle. Like, concentrate was massive in Australia. Concentrate, levitate, meditate, dedicate, never hate. Like, it was just fucking, I don't even know if those are the lyrics. Proper gym track, in it. Oh, my God, man. The Rick Rock beat Proper pump iron ruined track. my 1999 Barina speaker system, man. This fucking little holding... <laughs> Trash deluxe, so specific. trash box, so just specific. fucking hammered it, man. We rinsed this song and Exhibit tore that beat down. You know, he had that energy of Buster Rhymes, and he—that's the thing, man. He had the energy of Buster. He had the gruffness of DMX and the pinpoint flow of Dr. Dre. It's almost like he quantized his fucking flow, like quantized it to the beat. And this album was released independently. Mm. Still went number fifty in two thousand six. Truly epic. That's good. That's massive. Like that's, that's actually huge. Yep. And um, I feel like yep. M- Exhibit was uh, reclaiming the things he was starting to lose to MTV in the mainstream on his previous record. I actually read an interview with TNT magazine, um, and uh, they said that this album bombed, which is ridiculous because there was a much better interview in IGN, and it gave him way gave me more perspective. Um, I'm trying to find it here. He says. I've been signed to a major label for the last two years, so I fought to get away from Sony Music in order to put the music out that I like to put out because they were diluting my my message and how I wanted to be seen. Sony is a pop label. And that was it. You know, that was the whole point. And I think when he left, he just got back to his his content and it was fucking amazing, man. I really love this album. This album was was very great for me. I used to listen to it all the time in 06. That's fair. Um, I don't have any kind of deep connection to this album so i kind of went into it very fresh um i i i it kind of washed over me as a whole listen um i feel i feel the beats weren't exactly uh too um memorable for me personally um shout out to keith shockley who actually co-executive uh producers so and that's a that's an interesting tidbit um <clears throat> yeah, you know, on on bail with Daz, the game of T Pain. I, was, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just it didn't hear me too much. Um, I do my. I didn't mind um, uh, popping off with uh, Quick and King T. That was good. Moving in Chucks with Corrupt and Too Short. Uh, family values. Now I will say. Now you know, I did it with the. <clears throat> I did the sex bars thing. You know, 
So I feel like I I have to give some sort of respect on the fact that he did a track like this, <clears throat> where you know he's he's literally talking about family values and it's kind of um it's very nice actually. Um, I'm trying to find some uh, decent lyrics here. Uh, you see me riding, you riding uh, with me, your shit is tire self-made millionaire, I find myself, my success, God bless, not defined by wealth, uh, we live in crazy times, niggas done lost their minds, we want to fuck every fucking chicken we fucking find, but then there comes a time when you start to grow, but you ain't growing with me, and it's starting to show, before I say that I can't live without you, let's sit and have a ch- uh, talk about family values, I see you got some kids that you ain't, nev- ain't never with, your baby father hands on you some crazy shit, so you know he kind of he, he, when he gets introspective he can really fucking do it with the best of them like it's it's really uh fascinating I feel like uh, it's worth uh respecting the fact that exhibit can go to that uh when he wants to um thank you as well as literally kind of just a whole big thank you to everyone that I kind of uh kind of got him out of the places that he was in that you pre that you previously um you know uh labeled out the alcoholism and uh the Pim Ryan stuff and all the business side of it and everything and going independent. Uh you're about to hear some words you ain't probably heard with all these rappers pulling triggers and flipping birds. I know it sounds absurd because they don't tell the truth. They prostitutes fucking contaminate the youth. But yeah I'm guilty of the things I've said above. No matter my fault still continue to show me love. No, I ain't perfect main, but yeah, I stay the same. I play chess, not checkers, but this is not a game. It's just uh, there's some really just deep shit here um, about uh, in the mid in in the middle of uh, just regular uh, exhibitisms. But uh, yeah, there's some really just uh, there's some gems in here. I will say so. Uh, shout out to Exhibit on that one. Yeah, we get Napalm next, um, and this is probably when Exhibit's life started to slip. He transitioned into acting, and it certainly seemed like. At least his financial future lay there. Uh, 2005, he was in, as Charlie mentioned earlier, Triple X, where he was, you know, driving a tank and doing all sorts Let's of decorate. crazy shit. He was in Derailed, Hoodwinked, uh, Gridiron Gang in 2006. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Bro, oh, fuck, fuck. Hoodwinked was actually the one. Hoodwinked was the only one that... Thank you, thank bro, you. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> look, outside of 8 Mile, okay, he was in 8 Mile. We know he was in 8 Mile. He was in the, I think he was in the cafeteria scene and... That grossed two hundred forty-three million, but um, Hoodwinked, Hoodwinked is a hood classic, Hoodwinked bro. Is Hoodwinked exhibits is most a certified successful movie. hood classic. One hundred ten million. <laughs> you you know you out, you might laugh out there, but that that blew up. For DVD him. classic, bro. Oh my gosh, you have no idea how much I rinsed that fucking film. It is so fucking good. Like it's actually so fucking good. Like it literally blew my mind as a youth. It was like the first who done it. Actually, like acknowledged and actually enjoyed i was like oh shit it wasn't the granny it was like, <laughs> i haven't seen it but i fucking love that film so much <laughs> you haven't seen it no, please fucking watch, watch it bro it. watch it immediately i want to see i want to i want a 500 word review <laughs> by, by by tuesday <laughs> fuck man well i mean look it, it, i don't i was actually pretty shocked to find out exhibit wanted to be an actor outside of pimp my ride because in in interviews he doesn't actually seem super perturbed by his lack of success as an actor he certainly still calls himself one and in interviews around the late 2000s it was very clear he felt his future was in acting it just never really eventuated for him in any meaningful way and then he had the tax issues um he wasn't making enough money you know he just wasn't making enough money and napalm is another album i remember fondly i was into exhibit i'm only when i was writing this i was only just realizing how tapped in i was to his career 
And yeah, man, the, the more I listen to his albums, the more I remember my first listen experiences. This album is highly independent. You won't find this on streaming services. Uh, he was actually dropped from Kosh for this record, but he still managed to stack the feature and producer list. The Game, RBX, Prodigy, Wiz Khalifa, E-40, uh, Crooked Eye, Be Real, Bishop Lamont. He got production from Dr. Dre, Rick Rock, Akon, Illmind, Socrates. Uh, you know, this album is fire. This album is fire. There's only one album in his discography I didn't really vibe with. And that's the only one that I don't think is an 8 out of 10 or above. It's probably only a 7. I think that Exhibit is one of the most like consistent MCs in history. He has this innate ability to turn production that might get fumbled in the hands of another MC into world ending. The way that his vocals and his bars land on beat, it's like a punch to the face. His ability is uncanny. You could set your watch on to an exhibit verse and his flow is unflinching, but it never feels like he's imposing it on you know on a track. Like I, I see a lot of Dr. Dre in him. In, in And Dr. Dre is a great vocalist. Say what you want about his pen and that he doesn't write his lyrics. He's a great vocalist. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, I'll just quickly speak on why it's 2022 and there's no album uh, since, you know, it's been a decade. Exhibit said he was really struggling. And you have to remember, he did release four mixtapes with serial killers during this period, 2013, 2015, 2018, mm-hmm. 2020. Uh, he owed nearly $2 million in taxes which he paid back um, and he said he needed a reset and he decided not to make any more solo music until two things happened. One, that he felt better psychologically. He felt like he was in a more stable place to make the music he wanted to make. And two, when he started actually connecting with the music of today. In the Drink Champs interview, he said he struggles to keep up with the current sound. It seems to me that Exhibit wants to make music that will still connect to a larger audience in 2022, and it doesn't make sense for him sonically right now. And he has Brass Knuckles, which is his cannabis company. Um, And that's it, man. He's very well-spoken and thoughtful, and he's been doing a run of interviews lately, and... You know, it is what it is. I assume we'll get new music at some point, but if we don't, we don't. And I think Napalm is, is a worthy end, uh, a worthy time to take a sabbatical and hiatus. I, I think it's high quality. I don't think it's uh, to that level, um, but I do appreciate the fact that he is aware of, like, just where he's at. And, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of people that wouldn't be um, self that self-aware um so respect him on that front and i you know i remember, i think we, i think i've listened to at least one of those serial killers uh albums and he and he sounds great on mm. them right he sounds great on them and that's kind of the thing i always come away with when uh it comes to exhibit like uh while his albums aren't like front to back just you know stone cold uh locks of just high quality shit um, and there's just some stuff that are just, that's just there there's a lot of bloat there's a lot of bloatware let's just say that right <clears throat> when it comes to his albums but overall just like in terms of his individual craft as a lyricist is so top-notch and combine that with just the iconic voice like it's just it yeah it's, what more do you want uh, what what more do you want from from a rapper uh uh in this in any age right you have good you have great bars um he, he, he's very versatile i will say in terms of subject matter you know, we've we've touched upon some of them uh, through, uh, throughout this, and uh, there's just there's just plenty of stuff to chew on. Um, you might have to wade through a little bit of like you know mid here and there, but uh, apart from that, like yeah, this is it's just some he he comes out with some really great stuff and some really just um, 
you know, either thought-provoking uh, uh, bars about stuff or um, or really just great uh, shots at, you know, current affairs and, and stuff like that. It's just some really great stuff all over the place. He's, he's literally, he, he's not like one of... Uh, uh, like my favorite rappers of all time or anything, but I just I just respect the dude overall in terms of just how he's persevered. Uh, I feel like the storyline that you've given has really uh, you know added to that for me. Um, so appreciate that. And um, yeah, man, shout out to Exhibit. Like he's just an absolute G. Like, like overall, like, I I probably like him for the smallest of things, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is so. When he's when he's on when he's on job, he is on fucking job, mm-hmm. and like uh, it's 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 there's nothing there's nothing like it hearing that hearing that grizzled tone, just sounding like a fucking complete badass, bro. It's great. It's it's you can't you can't replicate that. You, that's just that's one of one. You can't you can't um yeah you can't you can't clone that. So uh, respect to exhibit overall. Legend, <clears throat> absolute legend, man, absolute legend. <sighs> I need to take an inhaler. I've been laughing so hard, like it's absolutely hilarious um, on 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 a lot of fronts for me. Um, but yeah, hop into a light note. I have no idea how long this episode is, but it is what it is. Um, for for side note, Ben had to dip like for half halfway through, like halfway through his intro because uh, talk to uh, my, uh, he had a call. He had a call on that he could get off. Man, but... I talked to my psychiatrist. It wasn't a great call either. It was, just, it was a bit annoying. It was not. But you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so I, I don't know how long this episode is. But you know, if you if you, <laughs> I'm gonna delete that dead air. And I'm just gonna like fuck. <laughs> this was eight. This was hundred minutes. Um, but uh, for sake of for sake of uh, just time, uh, I uh, I as a lighter note, I went to see Emily Sande live. Um, as part of her like little, uh, she had like a three a three-part like just a mini tour where it was just her and a piano and she was just playing like the raw versions of her songs and if you listen to emmy sande you know that is fucking essential in your life um to hear her just give you the raw versions of her tracks there's something just there's something about it there's something about her music when it come when it's coming just from her voice and just from a piano um uh, it's absolutely there's, there was so uh, when she when uh Everyone was singing Read All About It near near the end. And I literally had to, I was about to sing with, but I just had, you know, when you try and say something, but you just like, if I continue trying to talk or if I continue opening my mouth, I might burst into tears. I was that, I was that close. It was that close. I had to close my mouth. I was just like, (sighs) just stuff like that. It was crazy, bro. It was crazy. I was just constantly just like, um, just sitting there just like, damn, her emotional intelligence and how she how she puts that through the lyrics and how she's singing it is just second to none. It really is second to none. And I always say this and I'll say it again. She is the best person named Adele because that is her first name. Fun fact. Um, and uh, as a side note, and actually, yeah, as a side note, uh, <laughs> it was actually from that show. Um, that I had, that I uh, decided to finally get an eye test the day before on my mother's birthday. I gave her a card saying "Happy birthday." I'm short-sighted, so there you go. I am officially short-sighted, and I'm collecting my glasses <laughs> next <laughs> in the next uh, couple of days. Um, so you're about to see Specky Charlie coming through, ladies and gentlemen. I've joined the squad. I've joined the Four Eyed Gang uh, with the rest of my fucking family. 
um, had to be done at some point, I guess. Uh, but the only, but the annoying thing is, Ben, and I, I'm, I'm sure you have a, you've had this uh, kind of moment, maybe not in terms of like eye, eye health, but like in some, in, in, a, in a different uh, arena, where you constantly ignore signs of something that something's of something's wrong, or just like you know, of, of something happening, uh, either to you or someone else, and. And then when you're told about, when you're like, when you finally come to realize that that issue's here now and it's here right in your face. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not saying I, you know, it's only, it's, I only have like a little bit of blur in my, you know, in, in terms of distance, right? I'm not, I don't have like, you know, I'm not going to go blind or anything. It's not that uh, serious. But when I was given that, when, <laughs> when I had the eye ting over my eyes and he said, yeah, so this is how you're seeing, and it was completely blurry, and this is what you should be seeing. Bro, I nearly broke down. I was mm. just like, bro, you can't hit me with that. Like, it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, I was just like, shit. Super humbling, right? So I'm wondering if anybody, if, uh, I'm sure I'm sure you've had a moment like that, where, like, you've ignored signs of something, and somebody's just gone, like, boom, and it's just like, fuck. I've been ignoring so many signs. Like, there are so many times where I was just like, I should get an eye test, um, but I never did. And it's only till recently where like I've been con- in under constant irritation and constant eye strain. I was just like, "Fuck it, I need to do this." So, uh, as a life tip, don't ignore signs. Honestly, like um, if you see something uh, that you know has changed in you or in some fashion, uh, don't hesitate to just look it up or you know just uh, maybe do some prelim research. Obviously, you know the internet is not the greatest thing ever. Um, don't go on WebMD, but. <laughs> Is that is that exist there? Uh, it doesn't exist here. WebMD so, yeah, is the I've thing never, here. Never, like, if you have like a, is it? If yeah. you have a, a slight never. strain in your thumb, then you have pancreatic cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go on WebMD, man. Exactly, it's bad for you. So yeah, yeah. It's, go it's get a but um, get a doctor, man. Like, I'm 30 and I get I get checked all the time because I, you know, I've had a lot of health issues in the last decade and um. There are so many things that a blood test can just show and change your life immediately. Genuinely, like you might be low on iron, you have a vitamin yep. deficiency. Uh, there's just it would just everything makes sense. Like you just do something a little bit different, and all the stuff like maybe you're feeling lethargic or you're not being able to go to the bathroom properly. There's so many things. You just go to your doctor and tell them what, what's up, and they do a couple of tests, and then change and you adjust and. It does take it. I'm very guilty of doing that too. I, I let things slide for long periods of time until they become a crisis, and I'm like, okay, now I do have to go to the doctor and and say I have to do something about it. But yeah, I fully understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a stitch in time saves nine. A life lesson uh, that always is always prevalent. There you go. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we shall leave it there for the Fifth M Podcast Network. Uh, actually, speaking of Fifth M Podcast Network. WG interviews coming back this week. Uh, got the first one on Friday. Uh, not just on the What's Good feed, also on the Five VPN Radio feed. So go check, uh, go check that if you have Spotify as well. That, that's gonna be um, good, man. Uh, I can't wait. To, I, I'm I'm interested to see what you talk to Gunner about. Like you're gonna talk about P. Oh, you talk sake. about no, DS yeah. forever. Charlie's got some fucking. And on that, Charlie's no. got Gunner lined up next week. Check it out. <laughs> They're gonna be talking about drip. They're going to be talking about the time Kodak Black went to his chiropractor. All the fucking hard-hitting issues, man. They're going to talk about that shit. I'm I'm beginning to get worried about you. You know a lot. You you begin to know a lot about. You're going to have a lot of gunner knowledge, and it's worrying me. I know. Should I be concerned? So much about this is like the opposite. 
This is the opposite of seeing the science. I'm seeing science here. I know I so much about gunner, man. Fuck. I should diagnose you with gunner, gunnerism or something. I don't know. Gu gunneria. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> hope you all have a good week. We should always try to do the same. I'm getting out of here, but until the next time, I'm checking to live together. All right, peace. Cheese. <laughs>